The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. All right, my friends, I am so glad you are with me today because we are going to need a full week to unravel and talk through this election, the next weeks, months, years. But the big news, of course, coming over the weekend, multiple networks finally calling the presidential election for Joe Biden. Joe Biden has defeated Donald Trump and will be the 46th president of the United States, defeating Donald Trump by roughly 4.5 million votes in the popular vote. We're still waiting on final numbers from some states, but as of now, 290 to 214 in the Electoral College, Georgia expected to push that to 306 electoral votes, the same number that Donald Trump had in 2016, which at the time he and Kellyanne Conway and others described as a massive landslide victory and the world, with some few exceptions, has breathed a collective sigh of relief. It took days for networks to get comfortable enough with the margin in Pennsylvania and Nevada to call the election. But they did on Saturday morning, leading to the spontaneous breakout of happy people singing and dancing in the streets, quite literally all over the world. The communism didn't break out. The suburbs weren't destroyed. Toilets still flushed just once and worked well enough. But despite all of the things Trump said would happen that didn't happen, um, mostly masks at the events that broke out, although some real concerns about coronavirus. And we're going we're going to get to that. Uh, Joe Biden will become the 46th president. Senator Kamala Harris, now vice president elect. Kamala Harris will become the first woman in the White House as president or vice president in the history of the United States. Her husband will become the first ever second gentleman of the United States, the first uh, Jewish person, uh, man or woman, as spouse of a president or VP. Now, despite this, Donald Trump has not yet conceded the election. Remember, concession is an irrelevant formality. It is legally irrelevant. But concession is what you would expect an adult to do. Donald Trump continues to tweet, insists that this was a stolen election, that there was fraud or, as he says, fraud like a petulant child. And there is no telling how much longer he will keep going. He's even being reportedly pressured by Rudy Giuliani and others to heart to start holding rallies again, rallies not about people voting for him, but rallies to build pressure for, I guess, recounts. We'll have more about that maybe tomorrow. But just remember, come January 20th, 2021, Donald Trump will no longer be president. But for now, he won't stop truly making a fool out of himself, tweeting such gems as, quote, since when does the lamestream media call who our next president will be? We have all learned a lot in the last two weeks. Well, remember, when they called it for him with far fewer electoral votes, not even 270 actually back in 2016, he gladly accepted it. Trump also tweeting in all caps, the observers were not allowed into the counting rooms. I won the election, got 71 million legal votes. Bad things happened, which our observers were not allowed to see never happened before. Millions of mail in ballots were sent to people who never asked for them. Now, that's not true. 
There were Republican and Democratic observers everywhere. This concept of legal votes is a disgusting concept. Something is either a vote from a person or it is not. Trump also tweeting, I won this election by a lot. Why have Trump and Republicans accepted the results from the House and Senate, but not the presidential results? Everything was on the same ballots, my friends, and almost poetic was the news that at the time networks called the election Saturday morning, Donald Trump was golfing. Now, as far as Trump's next two months, he might as well stay on the golf course for all I care, to be perfectly frank. Multiple reports are that Trump's inner circle has been trying to figure out who's going to go in and tell him to concede. Reportedly, his son in law, Jared Kushner, trying to get him to concede, maybe, although con contrasting reports that Kushner is saying start doing rallies. His wife reportedly, at least for now, his wife, uh, we, we will see what happens with that after the, the uh, presidency is over. Melania Trump reportedly also saying you should concede, save some face, but others like Rudy telling him do rallies. So the focus now shifts to the Senate. There will be two runoff elections in Georgia. Those will ultimately decide who controls the Senate for Joe Biden's first two years. I will talk about that a little later. Now, let's understand how good this is, but also the limits. Problems aren't solved because Trump is leaving. We will all be staying vigilant. We will all be keeping the Biden Harris administration accountable and we have to deal with the virus. We may not have the Senate, but this is a major accomplishment. It's OK to hold two conflicting feelings. This is news worthy of rejoicing about removing an incumbent president is difficult. When we talk about the power of incumbency, it's not a talking point. It's a real thing. And yet at the same time, we still have so many problems that now the work begins and it will be big work. There will also be plenty of time to talk about the problems of the Democratic Party, because to be perfectly clear, massive recession, record GDP decline, explosive unemployment rate, out of control rent foreclosure crisis, abject failure in dealing with a pandemic and Democrats barely got the presidency. It came down to under 100,000 votes in three states. You could say it came down to under 50,000 votes in two states. It's unclear who will control the Senate. So the Democratic Party eked this out just barely and almost blew it. And we have to talk about that as well. It's not just the Democratic Party. Trumpism has not been defeated. Trump got more than 70 million votes, and we will talk about that. So this should feel like what it is a great start. And this is how progress is made. We are all correct to feel a combination of panic and despair at 70 million people saying, give me another four years of Trump. But this is when the work starts and we'll be going through all of it. Now, over the weekend, as Donald Trump continued, continued to tweet lies out of control, President elect Joe Biden and Vice President elect Kamala Harris addressed the nation for the first time uh, as a president and vice president elect. We're going to look at some clips. The event was almost jarring in how different it was from what we've become accustomed to. Even though I've been saying we can't allow crazy to be normalized, watching Joe Biden's speech not be riddled with insults and lies the way we've become accustomed to, watching Kamala Harris not insult everybody and speak in completely hyperbolic agit trash language. I realized how I had become desensitized to Trump because this felt so strangely normal. Full sentences felt unusual. First was Kamala Harris. Take a listen, saying voters chose unity, decency, science and truth. Delivered 
a clear message. You chose hope and unity, decency, science, and yes, truth. You chose Joe Biden as the next president of the United States of America. Joe Biden then literally came out running when introduced by Kamala Harris, which is a major change of pace in terms of the energy we've seen from sluggish downer Trump for a while now. And then Joe Biden with a focus on unity and his popular vote victory. The people of this nation have spoken. They've delivered us a clear victory, a convincing victory, a victory for we the people. We've won with the most votes ever cast on presidential ticket in the history of the nation, 74 million. That focus on unity remained throughout the speech. Tonight, we're seeing all over this nation, all cities and all parts of the country, indeed across the world, an outpouring of joy, of hope, renewed faith, and tomorrow, bring a better day. And I'm humbled by the trust and confidence you placed in me. I pledge to be a president who seeks not to divide, but unify. And very importantly, Joe Biden mentioning coronavirus. We're going to talk a lot today about Joe Biden and coronavirus. And the battle to save our planet by getting climate under control. The battle to restore decency, defend democracy, and give everybody in this country a fair shot. That's all they're asking for, a fair shot. Folks. Our work begins with getting COVID under control. We cannot repair the economy, restore our vitality, or relish life's most precious moments, hugging our grandchildren, our children, our birthdays, weddings, graduations, all the moments that matter most to us until we get it under control. Later, I, I plan to get right into Joe Biden announcing his plan for coronavirus. And his plan for coronavirus will be very different from Donald Trump's plan in that Joe Biden's plan will be a plan. We're going to have someone with a plan, which is so different, a task force being assembled today by Joe Biden. And then lastly, Joe Biden using this term I've been using, calling this an inflection point. Well, folks, we stand at an inflection point. We have an opportunity to defeat despair, to build a nation of prosperity and purpose. We can do it. I know we can. I've long talked about the battle for the soul of America. We must restore the soul of America. So this was the correct speech at the right time. I've read and received many comments saying, David, these are just platitudes. They might sound nice compared to Trump, but these are just platitudes. Well, this is the time for platitudes. We will hold Biden accountable on policy and accomplishments. He gave the right speech for the time that it was. And we've already got a long list of things to talk about today from the standpoint of policy and executive orders. We're not Joe Biden's not waiting and we're certainly not waiting. Now, as I already said, half the country and 99 percent of the world breathed a huge sigh of relief 
that Donald Trump is being removed from office strongly and powerfully being removed. And plenty of people understandably are exhausted from the last four years, and they're looking to tune out of politics now for a while. This is not the time to do it. And in fact, this is when the activism can start. We will be talking about the Georgia Senate races. Control of the Senate has not yet been decided. We have two special elections on January 5th that will decide control of the Senate. But this is much bigger than that. Now is when you have to get to work to number one, undo the disasters of Trump. And number two, more importantly, we have to do stuff. We on the left believe that government should do some things. The right has this structural advantage because one of their ideas is government shouldn't be doing anything. Now, of course, if they need to ban gay marriage, all of a sudden they should be doing something if they need to ban abortion. But other than when they're hypocrites, their idea is get government out. They win by preventing government from doing anything. Now is when we have to start trying to put points on the board. I've used this analogy before. We've been playing defense while Donald Trump has been president. They've had the ball. We've gotten the ball back by having Joe Biden win. But Biden may not have the Senate and simply getting Trump out doesn't win. We will be discussing Biden's plans for day one executive orders shortly, and that list has to grow. But the real systemic changes won't come through executive orders. They will come through legislation, tax reform, climate policy, health care, education, coronavirus relief. These things will happen through legislation and without Senate control, it will be really tough, which means number one, we must be laser focused for the next two months on the Senate races. And number two, this is the time to engage. So I'm not underselling Biden's win. It's huge. Removing an incumbent president is really tough. But I want to remind you, Biden's win is the prerequisite to being able to be activists for policy. During the Trump presidency, we were activists for removing Trump to stop the bleeding and preventing him from doing more damage. Now we actually have to be activists for doing the work of getting things done. I was stunned and inspired that we had during our, our la late last week's streams and over the weekend about a thousand new members sign up on our website with the coupon code Fresh Start. The idea being we are now at the start. It's a new start and an important one at that. This is how progress is made. You think to the big progressive eras, the three big eras of progressive change, the progressive era of 1890 to 1920, the New Deal era towards the end of World War II, the civil rights era of the late 50s into the 60s. The presidential elections were merely the beginnings. They were the prerequisites. But the successes depended on voting and voting again and again and on protests and activism, walkouts and sit-ins, lobbying elected officials, getting the right people on the Supreme Court. Sometimes activism requires pushing cases through courts higher and higher through the appeals process. And right now we certainly don't have the Supreme Court. So the point is we're tired. The last four years have been exhausting. We have two months now with a really simple focus. Get the two Senate seats in Georgia. We'll then have a sort of two week break. And then Joe Biden is inaugurated and the real work starts. I hope you'll be with me for it. Let me know on Twitter at D Pacman what you believe the focus should be. The David Pacman Show at DavidPacman.com. One of our sponsors today is Helix Sleep, and it's a sponsor I'm thrilled about because I sleep on a Helix mattress at home. 
and it's just the perfect mattress. One of the best things about Helix is you don't have to guess which mattress do I need, which one will be good for me. You take their famous sleep quiz on their website. You tell them your body type, your sleeping position, your back pain issues you might have, and they will pair you with a mattress that will be perfect for you. I took the sleep quiz. The mattress they suggested was exactly what I needed. I often get too hot at night. The mattress keeps me cool. It's not too soft. It's not too firm. The texture is right. And I've just been getting way better sleep. You only buy a mattress every decade or so. Don't get stuck with something that's not perfect for you. And all Helix mattresses come with a 10 year warranty and they'll even come to your house and pick it up within 100 days if you don't love it. But I think you will. All of my viewers will get up to $200 off your order and you'll get two super premium pillows for free when you go to helixsleep.com/pacman that's h e l i x sleep.com/forward/pacman you can also find the link in the podcast notes for this episode Privacy.com is one of our sponsors and they're giving you $5 just for using their free service at privacy.com slash Pacman. Privacy is a service I've been using for a while now. I love it. It saves me a bunch of headaches. It's completely free and it's very quick to set up. And here's how it works. When you pay for something online or over the phone, instead of exposing your real credit card number, privacy lets you generate virtual card numbers. The payments are withdrawn from your checking account, but your real card number stays completely private and you do it all with one click. You can autofill the card number in your web browser on the phone. You can create 12 virtual cards a month. You can set spending limits, freeze them, delete them whenever you want. I especially love it for free trials where you need to give a credit card number because I can destroy the virtual card number as soon as I give it to the company and I know I won't be charged in the future. If you're ordering food over the phone, why do I need to give a restaurant my real card number if I don't have to? Companies don't have to know who you are. Your real credit card number is protected from the data breaches that happen unfortunately more often than we would like and it's completely free. They do have a paid version with different tiers where you can create more virtual credit card numbers per month, cashback rewards, extra security features. But go ahead and sign up for the free service. It's a no brainer. Companies can't charge you unexpectedly. You're protected from identity theft. It costs you nothing. And privacy is giving you $5 to spend just for signing up when you go to privacy.com slash Pacman. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. All right, so let's continue with this idea that this is really not the time to tune out of politics. Joe Biden has been chosen by the American people to remove Donald Trump from the Oval Office. The U.S. Senate has not yet been decided. The results so far are that Democrats have flipped two seats while Republicans flipped one. That's a net gain of one for Democrats, and it puts the balance. At 4848 with four seats remaining. Now, two of the remaining seats are North Carolina and Alaska. In North Carolina, it looks like Tom Tillis, Republican incumbent, will win. In Alaska, incumbent Republican Dan Sullivan will easily win. So we have two Senate races that will determine who controls the Senate. They are both in Georgia. They are both special runoff elections. And of course, if Democrats get both, they get 50 50 in the Senate. In the case of a 50 50 Senate tie, 
the vice president decides. That's vice president elect Kamala Harris. In one Georgia race, David Perdue, the incumbent Republican, failed to get the required 50% in a three way race. So there will be a runoff on January 5th against the Democratic challenger, John Ossoff. Huge race. In the other Georgia race, it was the special election. There will also be a runoff between Republican incumbent Kelly Loeffler, one of the most corrupt senators in the Senate, and Democratic challenger Raphael Warnock, also on January 5th. Now, I'll be upfront the Warnock race is much more of an uphill battle than Ossoff. Both will be tough. The entire country now needs to be focused on these races. We now have two months that will determine. Can we take the Senate from Republicans? Joe Biden doing stuff will depend more on these two races than any other single thing. And we should be taking it as seriously as Andrew Yang is taking it. Andrew Yang tweeting Evelyn and I, that's his wife, are moving to Georgia to help John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock win. This is our only chance to clear Mitch out of the way and help Joe and Kamala get things done in the next four years. More details to come, but let's go. And Andrew Yang also tweeting the best thing we could do for Joe is to get him a Democratic Senate. There should be coordination of resources. Everyone who campaigned for Joe should get ready to head to Georgia. I'll go. It's the only way to sideline Mitch McConnell and give Joe Biden a unified government. We have a new priority here. We don't have to, you know, when when during the lead up to a major election, well, do I do I phone bank for my senator, although they have an easy path, or do I maybe phone bank for some other senator somewhere else? How do I split time or what? We can all focus on these two races. Everyone can get involved phone banking, donating. We can all work on these two races for the next two months. Remember, if you turn 18 by January five, you can vote. Let's find those 17 year olds who will be turning 18 by January five. They can vote. There is a this is this is the we're, we're running campaigns here, right? This is the nitty gritty. We have an opportunity to all come together and we will be talking about it a lot over the next couple of weeks. So as the networks were calling the presidential election for Joe Biden on Saturday morning, Donald Trump was golfing and announcing a major press conference about voter fraud at Four Seasons in Philadelphia. Now, of course, people thought Trump, he loves, you know, luxurious places. He must be talking about the luxurious and swanky Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia. <laughs> but no, uh, Donald Trump clarified the event would be at Four Seasons Total Landscape <laughs> in Philadelphia. I'm sure it's a great business. Uh, but it's just a random landscaping business in Philadelphia sandwiched between a crematorium and a porn store. And um, by a lawyer's press conference, he was using the term a little loosely. He meant Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani completely humiliated himself, continuing to make all sorts of bogus allegations. And then during the event, a reporter actually tells him, hey, the race has been called for Joe Biden. And here's how Rudy Giuliani reacts. The poll? The Because they don't decide the election. The call for Joe Biden isn't is it who was it called by? All the networks. All the, oh my goodness. All the networks. Wow. All the networks. We have to forget about the law. 
Judges don't count. All the networks, all the networks, all the networks thought Biden was going to win by 10%. Gee, what happened? Come on, don't be, don't be ridiculous. Networks don't get to decide elections. Courts do. This is, of course, Rudy being Rudy. But there's an important topic in there, which is the idea of not giving courts a chance to weigh in as if calling an election before courts have had a say is wrong. Remember, the election is not being called by networks in an official capacity. Networks decide looking at data. Does the other candidates still have a path? And networks have made the call that Donald Trump doesn't have a path. Nothing is official until states certify their elections and they still have days to do that. So even the premise that networks have made official calls, you have to understand what that even means. But the people talking about listen, courts haven't had a say yet. This is like when I get emails from unfortunately delusional viewers who say, David, please cover that I've sued Mark Zuckerberg and we're waiting for judges to tell me how much money Zuck owes me because he spied on me. It's not happening. It's, it's just delusional. The concept of letting it play out is a joke. Joe Biden got more votes in enough states to get 270 electoral votes. There's no credible evidence of fraud that's been presented. Courts have thrown out all of the appeals that have been made so far. There's no reason for courts to get involved. They're pretending that the default is until courts weigh in on each state's election. Um, we don't really uh, have the ability to say who won this thing. Courts have nothing to weigh in on right now. They've dismissed every bogus complaint from the Trump campaign so far. So we don't have to wait for courts. Now, here's one more clip. Um, this is more of a wide shot so you can see the entire scene at the landscaping shop. They put Rudy Giuliani's lectern in front of the garage door at the landscaping shop. And here is Rudy ranting. Even when a court order was obtained, to allow the Republican inspectors to get six feet closer, they move the people counting the ballots six further feet away. It's really simple. If you have nothing to hide with these mail-in ballots, you allow inspection. I mean, this is common knowledge, common practice in the examination of absentee ballots, which happens all the time. The phrase total complete uh, total and complete humiliation really doesn't do justice to the fiasco that was this event. The tragic descent of Rudy Giuliani from New York mayor to kooky guy yelling at clouds about voter fraud in the parking lot of a Philadelphia landscaping company. What a bizarre year that it has been. And reports, as I mentioned earlier, are that Rudy is encouraging Donald Trump to hold rallies nationwide demanding recounts. I actually hope Trump takes Rudy's advice because it would just be hilarious. I've been talking about two important things that Joe Biden should do right now in addition to figuring out, of course, his cabinet and his advisors. And those two things are immediately establish a parallel coronavirus task force, even while Donald Trump is still president. And number two, start putting together a list of Donald Trump's fiascos that Joe Biden can undo by executive order. A lot you can't do by executive order, but a lot you can. And Joe Biden is doing both of these things. I'm going to talk about the coronavirus task force separately. But we've already learned that Joe Biden is planning an immediate flurry of executive orders to on day one 
reverse some of the most harebrained Trump policies. So far, the list we have of what Biden will do immediately after taking office includes number one, rejoining the Paris Climate Accords must do. It's not nearly enough, but it's the first step in starting to reintegrate the United States into the international community that is taking climate change seriously. Rejoin the Paris Climate Accords, reverse Donald Trump's withdrawal from the uh, World Health Organization, which he did announce during a pandemic. It has not fully happened. So Joe Biden, hopefully thanks to Trump's incompetence, he's not fully carried out some of the harebrained decisions he made. Joe Biden will repeal that Muslim majority country travel ban. Of course, what we need is actual targeted uh, uh, screening of individuals. And primarily, if you want to make it a country focus, you would focus on the countries that have sent terrorists. Trump not even including those countries on his list. So Joe Biden will reverse that. Joe Biden will reinstate the Dreamers program. Very, very important relating to immigration. Joe Biden will reinstate dozens of environmental and business regulations that Donald Trump undid, which allow pollution and so much else. And Joe Biden also expected to immediately repeal that ridiculous military transgender ban. Now, you might remember that under Barack Obama, executive orders were tyranny under Trump. Executive orders were necessary and heroic, according to the American right. You can be sure that they are going to do the exact same this thing this time, saying Biden is tyranny with executive orders because there is so much damage that Joe Biden has to undo. My advice is we don't even engage in that conversation. We keep it simple. Trump was an unmitigated disaster. It is an emergency that Joe Biden start his presidency undoing as much of what Trump uh, destroyed as he can. Trump's entire endgame was undoing the Obama legacy. Is there something poetic about losing to Barack Obama's vice president who then will start undoing the disasters of Donald Trump? The problem is that the Republican right wing wacky Supreme Court is at the ready right now. So it will be different for Joe Biden than it was for Donald Trump. Fortunately, the best legal analysis I've read so far is that most of what Joe Biden plans to do via executive order is not challengeable in any way that it that it would pull in the Supreme Court. The problem will be that even with Biden rejoining things like the WHO and Paris climate, if you're another country, you realize that while these are the right decisions today, you can say Biden's doing the right thing. You now know that just as quickly, if we get another Trump in, they could just bail undoing years of work. Trump destroyed decades of trust and confidence. And that will take much longer than some day one executive orders to undo. But we will be following all of it. And I encourage you to follow us on Instagram at David Pakman Show. And while you're there, follow me on Instagram at David The David Pakman Show at David If you are anything like me, you probably aren't thrilled with the idea of going into a doctor's office right now. And thankfully, there is a practical and affordable way to take control of your health and get personalized care from the comfort of your home. It's a service called Steady MD. They're one of our sponsors. You take a quiz, you get matched with a licensed primary care physician 
who understands your health needs. You have a one hour video call with your new doctor. You establish a meaningful relationship with them. And after that, your doctor is available to you anytime by text, phone or video chat. This is not a random doctor on call. Each doctor at Steady MD has a limited number of patients, so they actually have time to listen to you. You get the personal attention that you deserve. They can do almost everything an in-person doctor can do, perform medical evaluations, talk to you about health concerns, send prescriptions to your home or local pharmacy, and anything they can't do online, they'll quickly set you up with an in-person provider to do things like blood tests, as an example. You don't need insurance. It's only 99 bucks a month with no other fees or copays. There are so many practical advantages to using steady MD for primary care. And it's also so much more affordable. Go to steadymd.com slash Pacman to take the free quiz and see which doctor is right for you. I took their quiz. They matched me with a doctor who specializes in my particular health needs. The doctor they gave me is a really perfect fit for me. Again, that's steadymd.com slash Pacman. There's no risk, no commitment to get started. That's S T E A D Y M D dot com forward slash P A K M A N. One of our sponsors today is Vincero Watches, and they're giving you 15% off everything in the store when you go to davidpackman.com slash watch. If you're a guy looking for the perfect way to refresh your style, one of the best investments you can make is in a high quality wristwatch. Vincero is an American company that has made it possible for everyday people to afford a premium watch. Almost everything they sell is within the range of about $200, but it'll look like you spent a lot more. All of their watches are made in small batches from top quality materials, and they just look great. I went on their site and picked out a watch from their icon automatic collection. The one I got is in mesh matte black, and I love it. It's simple, sleek, elegant, goes great with just about anything I'm wearing, and I've gotten a ton of compliments on it. You'll get 15% off everything in their store when you go to davidpackman.com slash watch. You can find the URL in the description for this podcast episode. Again, that's davidpackman.com slash watch. Welcome back to the David Pakman Show. So I started saying last Wednesday or Thursday when it became clear that Joe Biden had an increasingly clear path to 270 electoral votes and thus the presidency that he should immediately launch a parallel coronavirus task force parallel, of course, to the official White House task force led by uh, Mike Pence, who uh, has failed miserably who has replaced infectious disease doctors with radiologists who spent months downplaying the virus and then spent months claiming that the Trump administration beat the virus as cases got worse and worse and worse. Well, it's time for adults to have a go at it. And the co-chairs of Joe Biden's coronavirus task force are expected to be Vivek Murthy, Surgeon General under Obama, David Kessler from the FDA under George H.W. Bush and Clinton. Rick Bright may be involved who was, of course, uh, famously pushed out 
uh, during after raising the red flag during this current administration. Everybody uh, they have or rather Kessler and Murphy have been briefing Biden for months. Biden is considering many things, including speaking to governors about mask mandates, which might be necessary the way things are going, scaling up testing using the model of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's War Production Board, according to advisors who are speaking on the condition of anonymity. Biden may start calling governors right now to talk about masks because it's so urgent and I'm all for it. The point is Biden's plan is for all of Americans to hear the same stuff from the president. Uh, from governors, all levels of government and how Donald Trump will react to that. We don't know. We did hear late last night that all of a sudden Mike Pence will be convening a meeting of the White House Coronavirus Task Force today. Donald Trump still doesn't even acknowledge that Joe Biden won. Donald Trump may go absolutely insane and go get extremely triggered and lose his mind as Joe Biden starts to simply take a leadership role on a lot of these issues. And honestly, my best bet, my, my best scenario is that Biden uh, uh, Trump rather just kind of slinks off and plays golf for the rest of his term. Let Joe Biden get a head start. And of course, once Joe Biden is in the White House, he will likely go to Congress and ask for more money for testing, more money for getting schools and businesses uh, ready to be in a position to open safely. And interestingly, Biden is even going to have subgroups in his task force. He will have a testing subgroup. He will have a PPE subgroup, a vaccine subgroup and on and on. He may even bring in a coronavirus czar who will be certainly far more competent than Mike Pence running this thing. Now, I want to warn all of you right now. Republicans have been mostly silent on debt and deficit for four years because it's a political football. And when a Republican is in the White House, Republicans don't talk about debt and deficit. Remember, Trump ran on eliminating the national debt. He's increased it dramatically. Now that Joe Biden is coming in, just be ready for Republicans to start up again with how how will we pay for it? Can can we afford a testing program? Can we afford a tracing program? The concern trolling about the deficit is going to be used to get in the way of Biden dealing with the virus. And I'll go even further after downplaying cases and deaths for eight months. I wouldn't be shocked to see those same Republicans say on February 1st, maybe even January 25th. Look at all these cases under Joe Biden. Look at all these deaths under Joe Biden. We just have to be prepared is the point for stunning hypocrisy to continue and even get much worse. Good for Joe Biden for doing this right away. I have a clip for you today that brings together all of the worst of the American right wing. It puts together conspiracy theories, the inability to accept the defeat, the inability to think critically, the inability to simply push out these tired Republican sycophants that continue to plague them and the cherry on top of any good right wing conspiracy, anti-Semitism. This this video clip has it all. Newt Gingrich, former Republican congressman and speaker of the House and all around terrible person, went on Fox News and said that Joe Biden's corrupt election theft okay, was financed by people like George Soros. Of course, you have to do it for any good right wing conspiracy theory. The money has to have come from the Jews. It's almost a prerequisite. Here's Newt Gingrich. 
Your thoughts on that message, Newt? Well, look, it's a, it's a nice sentiment. Uh, first, you go out and the Democrats steal five or six states, and that's what Republicans believe we're watching. Uh, and we think we have evidence of a lot of it. Uh, then you turn around and you say, let's forget four years of Nancy Pelosi. Let's forget four years of impeachment, harassment, opposition, hostility, hatred. And now that I've won, why don't we get nice together? I think he would have to do a lot to convince Republicans uh, that this is anything except a left-wing power grab financed by people like George Soros, uh, deeply laid in at the local level. And frankly, I, I think that it is a, a corrupt stolen election. Uh, it's very hard for me to understand how we're going to work together uh, without some very, very big steps. Now, Newt is right about one thing. We're not going to work together. Definitely not with him. But how is it that it's always one or more rich Jews financing the whole operation? Now, it's true. Jewish Americans are one of the most consistently liberal voting groups. They overwhelmingly voted for Hillary Clinton by even more overwhelming numbers based on early exit polls. Jewish Americans voted for Joe Biden. But that doesn't mean George Soros and quote people like him are financing imaginary voter fraud, but they always go to some group of Jews to tie the theory together. Now, Newt claims there's voter fraud evidence. There isn't. He claims states were stolen. They weren't. He claims Biden stole the presidency. He didn't. But then in pops that what weaves it all together is a Jewish man put up the money to do this. And I actually fear that mentioning that makes the whole thing more credible to some of these right wing nuts. I, I worry that he's putting it in there because it probably helps. It's actually irresponsible to continue putting Newt Gingrich on the air and Fox News is going to have to figure out what is their play going to be for the next few months. But the message for us as we see this and we I'm going to have videos later today of Mitt Romney and John Kasich, which will stun you or maybe they won't. Um, what we have to understand is these are awful people and they're not going away. Democrats can't go soft. The left can't go soft thinking, well, now that Trump was such a disaster and Biden won, we'll be able to work productively with Republicans. No, no. The election was funded by people who donated to Joe Biden. I think it was like thirty seven dollars each. And it is mostly people on the left, the rare anti-Trump Republicans or anti-Trump Republican groups. These are not our friends. Newt Gingrich is not our friend. He was not anti-Trump, by the way. And we are going to talk about that because there's a certain naivete about bipartisanship that's spreading. And guys, it's not going anywhere. But as far as George Soros goes, he's I think he's 90 years old. The idea that George Soros is financing the theft of individual ballots like a ground game of stealing a few thousand ballots here and there to steal states. Give me a break, guys. It's just another anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. And after the break, we will talk about these anti-Trump Republicans are not our friends. More on that coming up. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. If you love feeding your intellectual curiosity, but you're always struggling to find the time, check out one of my all time favorite apps called Blinkist. Blinkist lets you consume an entire book on your way home from work. They take thousands of popular nonfiction books, condense each one 
into text or audio that you can get through in just 15 minutes and you get all of the important core ideas and information from that book. It's perfect if you don't have enough time to do all the reading you want to do or if you just want to sample a book before you buy the entire thing. I recently read A Brief History of Time, of course, by the great Stephen Hawking. This is a book that I have been aware of for so long and other things got in the way and it was fantastic to check it out on Blinkist. Blinkist has books on politics, philosophy, science. They have 27 different nonfiction categories and a subscription is only about eight bucks a month and you get access to the entire library. But you can try it totally free and get 25% off a subscription when you go to Blinkist.com slash Pacman. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Pacman. The David Pacman Show at DavidPacman.com. It's really important that I do this story today uh, before we get uh, sucked into really unreasonable and naive expectations about how the next couple of years are going to go. We need to reset our expectations for the next couple of years, and this should help. Some have been wondering, some have been asking me, emailing me, David, what happens to these anti-Trump Republicans when Joe Biden wins? What happens to the Lincoln Project? What happens to Kasich? What happens to Romney? Do they keep working with Democrats? Do they support Biden's agenda? What happens? And the answer is no to all of the above. I have two quick clips to play for you today, which will in no time at all disabuse you of the notion that these anti-Trump Republicans are our friends. Now, to be very clear, if you take an anti-Trump Republican and you remove Trump, what do you have left? It's called a Republican. OK, they become just Republicans when you remove Trump from the equation. Here is Mitt Romney, strong, principled anti-Trump Republican, right? Telling Jake Tapper on CNN his priorities now that Trump are gone are blocking the Green New Deal keeping gas, coal and oil and blocking Medicare for all and blocking any tax increases. Take a look. Uh, I'm not going to talk about my vote. That's in the rearview mirror. I'm going to talk now about uh, how I can work with the new president. Uh, I, I know he's on the other side of the aisle, but I want to make sure that we conservatives keep on fighting to make sure that we don't have a Green New Deal. We don't get rid of uh, gas and coal and, and oil. Uh, that we don't have a Medicare for all plan put in place, that we don't raise taxes on American enterprise, that would kill the economy. So, uh, look, I, I, uh, I congratulate him, but I'm not going to uh, put aside conservative principles. We're going to fight for the things that we believe in. So he was against Trump. Principled, voted even to convict Trump on impeachment on one of the two counts and blah, 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 blah. his policies are still awful. And now his priority is blocking the things uh, that Joe Biden says he's going to do. Mitt Romney, now that Joe Biden will be president, immediately returns to making his focus, preventing us from putting policies in place that would be good for the environment and good for people and good for the economy. These are not our friends. And I was wrong because I previously said the day Biden is inaugurated, they go by back to being their nonsensical selves. I underestimated the day after Biden was called the winner. They went back to being their nonsensical selves. Here's another one reasonable anti-Trump Republican John Kasich supported Biden. He goes on CNN and says Joe Biden won. Great. Now Biden needs to do what Republicans want and make sure 
that the left of the Democratic Party isn't listened to. And Kasich even goes on to say that the far left almost cost Biden the election. And right on cue, I half joked that they would do this. John Kasich actually brings up, you know, we've got big debt problems to solve. It is beyond parody. I told you you're ready for them to talk about the debt again. Right. And and right on cue, John Kasich is doing it. Now is the time for Democrats. And I believe Joe Biden will do this to begin to listen to what the other half the country has had to say. But we have to listen to what those folks, those Republicans all across this country has had to say. The best thing that's happened to Joe Biden is the fact that the United States Senate is either going to be Republican or very close. And the far left can push him as hard as they want. And frankly, the Democrats have to make it clear to the far left that they almost cost him this election. And that congresswoman from Virginia warned the Democrats, you want to talk about defunding the police, you'll have no support. And I think this is an opportunity for Biden to talk about you know, the center right and the center left of this country and what can be achieved. Because we have enormous problems with debt, Social Security, Medicare, health care, little steps, little steps. One other thing, one Democrat told me at some point, if they'd have been more clear in rejecting the hard left, they would have appealed more to Americans who I believe essentially live in the middle. So I think actually he's in a better position today because being pulled from the left isn't going to work. So they are doing every single thing that Republicans always do. They've learned nothing. They've changed nothing from this Trump experience during Trump. Some of them oppose Trump. Biden wins. Now it's resist the influence from the hard left. We've got to deal with the debt. We've got to find common ground, which, by the way, when they win, they never have to find common ground, common ground they want when they lose. Democrats have catered to the middle, like Kasich says, for decades. And now Biden won thanks to the activism of the left in places like Georgia and others. So the last thing Joe Biden should be doing is listening to the people. First of all, he shouldn't be listening to Kasich or Romney, and he certainly shouldn't be listening to the people Kasich and Romney want Biden to listen to. It's I'm I have like whiplash from how quickly these Republicans go right back to their tired old lines. I told you it would happen and it has. There is some very important vaccine news today. Now, as a reset reminder, Donald Trump promised 100 million vaccine doses being distributed by October 31st. That deadline came and went. We don't know right now the real vaccine timeline. Hopefully Joe Biden's new coronavirus task force, which is being formed today or this week, will get us realistic information about that. But tremendous news from Pfizer, which is one of the companies working on a coronavirus vaccine. Pfizer announced today that its vaccine is more than 90 percent effective at preventing coronavirus based on data from a large study. If accurate, it has not yet been peer reviewed, but it will be. If accurate, this would be groundbreaking. We've been thinking, you know, the vaccine, at least the initial vaccine, it might only be 40 percent effective, a number closer to 90. We are talking about a game changer here. The stock market exploding today. If 40 percent of the country still doesn't want the vaccine, that's a problem no matter what. But no matter what, you want a 90 percent effective vaccine over a 40 percent effective vaccine any day. Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech are the first drug makers 
to show successful data from these large scale clinical trials. They found no safety concerns and they expect to seek emergency use in the US later this month. Now, you might remember Donald Trump was encouraging manufacturers to seek emergency use because Trump was desperate to get his FDA to just approve whatever so Trump can say he got the vaccine. In either case, the vaccine has nothing to do with Trump. Manufacturers said we will not seek authorization before it is actually the right thing to do. The new expectation is authorization requests may come this month. The number of doses will initially be limited. Many questions remain about how long are you immune? But there is no doubt that this is absolutely huge. Pfizer said the interim data was conducted after 94 participants got the virus, which allowed them to see how many of the people who got it had the vaccine versus placebo. This is how you start figuring out how effective it is. We don't yet have the full data. It will be released soon and peer reviewed. I don't believe Pfizer would make this up, um, but it does have to be peer reviewed. Now, in terms of production to save time, companies have already started manufacturing vaccines because if you wait until you know for sure it works and it will be approved, you're behind by months on vaccine production. Pfizer expects 50 million doses this year, two doses per person. That would be for 25 million people, just under 10 percent of the country. Pfizer says it will produce one point three billion doses in 2021 good for about 650 million people to get both doses. The CEO also said to Dr. Sanjay Gupta of CNN that the vaccine will be free to all Americans. Donald Trump, desperate to grasp for any relevance he can find, tweeting this morning saying, quote, in all caps, stock market up big vaccine coming soon report 90 percent effective. Such great news. Now, of course, what's hilarious and almost starting uh, um, to get sad is that the stock market is up. Yes, partially because of the vaccine, partially because of the predicted stability of a Biden administration and the removal of Trump. And of course, the vaccine has nothing to do with Donald Trump whatsoever. But he wants us to think it does have something to do with him because he plans, according to Rudy Giuliani and others, to continue making the case that he's not only been a good president, but that he really won reelection and that he should remain president. That's a separate story. Trump is old news. Let's hope that with Joe Biden coming in and creating a task force, vaccine development will continue going forward. The next few months are going to be ugly regardless. And I, I, I actually want to commend Joe Biden because Joe Biden, instead of tweeting in all caps, vaccine, vaccine, we got it. Everything's great. Joe Biden already showing the type of leadership he will provide on the virus, put out a sober and insane statement about this, saying he was advised last night of the vaccine news, but that it's important to understand that the virus is going to continue for months, that the battle will, will continue for months, that the announced timeline is an approval in late November, that if that's achieved and some Americans start getting vaccinated, it will still be months before there is widespread vaccination. That's exactly right. Trump just tweets in all caps. We got a vaccine. This is why Joe Biden goes on to say the CDC warned that for the foreseeable future, people have to wear masks. The news of the vaccine doesn't change that. Americans must rely on masks, distancing, tracing, washing and other measures to stay safe. The news is great. 
but it doesn't change the fact. And a thousand people a day are still lying, uh, dying. There's definitely more than a thousand people a day lying about Trump's successes, but more than a thousand people a day are tragically dying of the virus. That is how you actually manage expectations, not telling us we are moments from a vaccine for six months, which is what Donald Trump did. Good for Joe Biden. We will disagree with Joe Biden on policy, of course, as we start to see him do stuff once he is president. I am very reassured by that type of message on the virus that sanity is returning. And that's a really, really good thing. Let me ask you a question. What do con men do? Con men con people. What do scammers do? Scammers come up with scams. Donald Trump, despite losing the presidency, is going to go out with one last scam on the way out. Donald Trump's campaign has started to send fundraising emails, urgent fundraising emails saying to supporters, donate to us to pay for recounts to pay for the legal fight to show that we really won to pay for voter fraud lawsuits. But if you look at the fine print of those emails asking for money, they say that anywhere from 50 to 60 percent of your donation uh, by your I don't think anybody in my audience is donating, but yours in Trumpist donations, 50 to 60 percent of your donations meant to fight the results and pay for recounts and go to court. They actually will go to paying off Trump's debt. Debt is a major problem for Trump personally, business wise and apparently campaign wise. And one such fundraising email actually says 50 percent of each contribution to be designated towards Trump's 2020 general election account for general election debt retirement until such debt is retired. Money beyond that will go to the recount account. There is always a grift. There is always a scam. A separate Trump email went out asking for money for the Trump Make America Great Again committee. And that one says, yeah, 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 you're donating here in order to fight. You know, we got to keep Trump. We got to fight it. But 60 percent of your money is going to go to debt. It's not actually clear how much debt Trump's campaign has. And in all seriousness, putting the campaign debt grift aside for a moment, imagine being so gullible that you get conned into donating money to get this billionaire cash for what are completely bogus legal battles. Like imagine that 100 percent of the money actually went to the legal battle as opposed to only half of it. That is also a con job. There are plenty of people, including folks on fixed incomes who have been tricked by this and they're donating their hard earned money that they can't even really afford to donate, thinking Maybe my donation will get Pennsylvania back for Trump. Maybe my donation will get Nevada back uh, or Arizona back for the mango menace. Maybe Tangerine can take back some other state and they can't even afford it. And on top of the 50 to 60 percent of their donations uh, um, uh, that uh, on top of the fact that 50 to 60 percent of their donations won't even go to that. They go merely to trying to help Trump pay down debt. And it actually raises real questions of, you know, we've been saying Trump won't concede because of his ego, because of his narcissism. He's going to fight it and he's going to maybe do rallies demanding recounts and all this stuff. He's delusional. He can't admit defeat defeat. That could be part of it. But the other part of it could be maybe Trump realizes I'm out, but I've got to pay down some of this debt. 
let me bamboozle my followers into donating money and I'll take half of it and just use it to pay down debt. It's probably a combination of both. Um, but the, the grift is real and there is always one more grift. Uh, we have a fantastic bonus show for you today. Um, we are going to talk about the polls. Now, I'm still putting together the final data, but again, there is this idea the polls totally failed. The reality, once again, is that looking at averages of polls, the polls were about as accurate as they always are. You just have to understand polling to do it. I will not be issuing a defense of the polling industry by any means, but I will be explaining the data to you. And we're going to talk about that on today's bonus show. Number two, we are going to delve deeper into this idea of Trump doing rallies um, and rallies meant to raise money and fire people up for his legal challenges to the election results. Is he really going to do it? What would be the effect? Does does he have any reason not to do it at this point in time? That will be a topic on today's bonus show. And we will also talk about the movement of the stock market since it became clear that Joe Biden would be president of the United States. And there's actually people on the left that are angry. So my view on this is we have a stock market and we have GDP and we have employment and unemployment numbers and we have job creation and we have consumer confidence. Given that these things exist and altogether they do tie to how well the economy is doing. I want someone in office who's going to see the better numbers. And historically, it's been Democrats. There are also people on the left who say, see, the fact that the stock market does better under Democrats is evidence that Democrats are even worse corporatists than Republicans and Democrats are actually bad. Now, of course, that's extremely myopic because all economic indicators do better under Democratic presidents. So I want to talk about that on the bonus show as well. If you have not yet heard the bonus show or watched the bonus show. I know we have a lot of new viewers and listeners that are here because of the explosive growth of the show over the last 10 days. The bonus show is a daily extra show for our members and patrons. Producer Pat, the producer of the show, joins me on the bonus show. I would love for you to join me as well. Two ways to do it. Go to joinpacman.com and grab a membership. We have a new coupon code, Fresh Start. Why do we have a new coupon code? The previous coupon code related to the 2020 election. That election is done. We now are actually trying to take a fresh start here in the United States with Joe Biden and maybe with the Democratic Senate, depending on what happens in Georgia. So the coupon code, Fresh Start, massive discount. I won't even tell you how big of a discount it is because I'll have my lawyers beating down the doors telling me, no, it's too big of a discount. But sign up at joinpacman.com or make a pledge at patreon.com slash David Pacman show and join me today on the bonus show. We'll talk stocks and markets. We'll talk Trump rallies. We'll talk polling. Pat actually has some interesting stories from the weekend as well. He made a bunch of crank calls. Some call them phony phone calls to the Trump voter fraud line and he will tell us about it. And I actually have a lot more to discuss related to that. I will see you then.